0: Welcome to Our Social Impact, brought to you by the Prison Scholar Fund. Its mission provides education and employment assistance to help those currently and formally incarcerated succeed and thrive in society while avoiding homelessness and the revolving door of reincarceration. The PSF also advocates for reform in correctional education to increase opportunity for all. As a nonprofit, we rely on investments, volunteers, and are always looking for board members to champion our mission. Please connect with us through our website at prisonscholars.org, where you can find volunteer opportunities, make a contribution, and learn about becoming a board member. You can also send an email to info at Find us through most social media platforms at prison scholars. Become a patron by supporting us directly at Patreon with at Prison Scholars. Without further ado, here's Dirk Van Belzen, founder and CEO of the Prison Scholar Fund.
1: Today we have Jenny Iredale, returning resident, and we'll talk about what that means and also doing some pretty cool things. So welcome to the show, Jenny Iredale. Thank you, Dirk. So tell me about yourself. What are you doing these days?
2: Well, working actually a lot. I, um... I'm a behavioral health technician at a facility in Sumner, Washington, um, a residential rehab, and a behavioral health technician just kind of kicks it with the patients and uh, and it, I don't think I should even call them patients; they're guests.
1: Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> how did you end up there?
2: Uh, because of my passion to actually work with other addicts, because uh, addiction led me to prison. And I had kind of a passion to try to help other people that have been kind of in my same same footsteps or going down that path to try to deter them.
1: So kind of from a been there, done that perspective.
2: Definitely been there, definitely done that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you want to talk about that? What uh, what led you down the path of drug addiction in prison?
2: Uh, sure. But for me, um, I don't I, was raised by a, addicts, I, I hate to say it, but, so environment, maybe played a small role for for years, but I don't blame it on my past, as you might say, or my parents, um, because it, in the end, it wasn't them, it was my choice. And um, for me, it was just a, a lifestyle, a lifestyle that was never Presented as one you don't want to live or lead, so I kind of had to learn that on my own that it was not a lifestyle that I cared to live or lead. Though they weren't um, addicts that didn't carry jobs, my parents carried jobs, and they were functioning addicts. I was not as lucky.
1: Yeah. So, what was your drug of choice?
2: Um, alcohol and meth. Okay. I had two.
1: So I heard opiates are, are a big deal these days.
2: I hear and see that to be true.
1: But you didn't get bit by that one?
2: No. No, never had that desire, thank God.
1: So how does it go from recreational use to addiction? And how do you how do you know when you're on that slippery slope?
2: Uh, well, for me, it was you kind of quit wanting to go to t- the job. Um, you know, you no longer want to function in a normal way in society. I was not a good, an addict that could just go and mingle with everybody when I was on my drug of choice, I didn't really care to be around a bunch of people. So that started to interfere with my job. And
1: So you had your own social circles you would hang out with?
2: Definitely. And it stopped being the ones that were productive in society. You
1: know, I've heard of, like, some people talk about math. Like, they'll stay up for a week at a time. Did you ever go that deep? or were I, I don't know what your experience <laughs> Well, I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did once. I did the six days, but... Um,
1: that's a long run.
2: That was plenty. That you start to really hallucinate, and you know when you see the street signs start dancing, you know there's issues. <laughs> <breaking>. <laughs> it says stop, but it's moving. No.
1: <laughs> but that wasn't enough to get you to stop.
2: Uh, not at the time. Not at the time. No, and that was enough to get me to bed. Yeah, I, I had to go to bed at that point.
1: So that at that time, stop meant to take a break.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, the stop sign was dancing. That's where I went with that yeah. one.
1: <laughs> so I was a club kid myself. So I did, you know, the X and the Coke, and you know,
2: I only did that ecstasy one time. Found myself following a, uh, a bus, one of the public transportation buses, and pretty sure I actually was pulling over with it. <laughs>
1: like,
2: I don't know how many bus stops I stopped at before I realized that was happening.
1: <laughs> that you weren't going to the club. <laughs> no, that I
2: I actually wasn't. You know, I was no longer traveling with traffic. I was actually literally following Just the bus. Just following the bus. Like pulling into the bus stop. I was on the wrong route.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, where you, so we're having a good time, uh, or maybe not such a great time, on the, on the drug trip. Where did that stop? Was that, did that stop when you got arrested and went to prison?
2: It did. It did. Um, I actually did two stints in prison. Uh, the first time I got in trouble for it was manufacturing. Um, I was helping manufacture meth. Uh, seemed to be the thing to do. If you're an addict, it was to, you know, to, to, to make money and not have to pay for my own, you know, that, that was the idea. It wasn't a good one. And it landed me an 84-month dose of sentence. Ouch. Yeah, which I did with no, not not one violation.
1: So 84-month DOSA, does that mean you do the 42 of the 84?
2: I actually ended up, because I had done some county time, I only did about 28 months in Mm -hmm. prison itself, because they cut it in half, and then they give you the third off of that additionally.
1: Wait, so tell the listeners what DOSA means, because we know, but they might not know. It's a
2: drug offense sentencing act. And
1: that gives you, you, if you admit to that, you get like half time from the... The main charge is that right?
2: Uh, it's not admit to it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you get found guilty,
2: if you are offered it, it's something mm-hmm. that they offer, and they can only give it to you so many times in a in a lifetime, and so often. Um, if if you get the um, the right or the privilege to have it and are ready to quit, it's a great opportunity for me. It it kept me sober for about eight years.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was going through court, people were telling me about it, that I should tell them I had a drug problem because then I could get dosa. But I, I, I really didn't. So I, I should have cooked it up and said, hey, I have a drug addiction. <laughs> Put me in dosa and I can get you know half my sentence knocked off.
2: And for some people it's helpful, some people it's not. There's a lot of people that end up doing, you know, because if you get in trouble, you go back and do that.
1: The entire thing.
2: entire thing. So it wasn't such a good idea for people that were not ready to, to stop.
1: All right, so you do your 84-month. Or year, whatever it is.
2: I get out, I get married, I get on the right path, started a business with my husband at the time, you know, had, had my daughter. Uh, things are good for about six years and then.
1: Yeah, you got a family, you got a husband, you got a job.
2: Yeah, and then I got a husband that wanted to do drugs on just the weekends. Uh, and Starts <laughs>
1: recreationally. Exactly,
2: okay. and, and he was actually pretty high up in a logging company and making really good money and we were pretty financially secure off of the, the income, and um, yeah. I kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, you know, you start wanting to carry the bigger bag, and next thing you know, the whole logging crew's on it, and, and he's wanting to be a dealer and a logger and or running night logging. That doesn't work out very well, <laughs> <laughs> and um, downhill spiral from there. Uh, and I, at that point, I was actually accustomed to a lifestyle. That I could no longer afford, um, so I did financial crimes that got me my next prison stint.
1: Gotcha. Was that like kind of check fraud or yeah, credit card stuff? It
2: was check fraud. I actually, unfortunately, um, I was kind of familiar with that the system of fraud and forgery and stuff from the years prior getting into trouble. And when I find my found myself in a financial crunch, I. Seen an opportunity to earn a substantial amount of money quickly and took advantage of it. I I ran, printed, and ran checks for against Kroger, Fred Myers, as a, I pretended to be an employee and hit every Fred Myers between Seattle and Portland.
1: Oh, cashing payroll checks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about
1: how, how the check thing worked because I remember back in the 90s people were doing checks, but that was when people actually wrote checks. Yeah. So people don't really write checks anymore unless they're a payroll check
2: yeah or unless they're doing fraud <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but because they still do have checks but but yeah it was payroll and and uh, not good
1: so they, they caught you doing that somehow. Well
2: I was on camera at every store that I went
1: to. (laughs) So they only had to catch you once. (laughs)
2: And nor was I in a big hurry to get out of the store. I was shopping I was on drugs.
1: Yeah. Did security Um, catch you or did they catch you later in an investigation?
2: Uh it was the well the security cameras seeing me, they did not identify me. I was positively identified from people.
1: Small town, they recognized you.
2: Fairly big town, and I was oh. all down the i five oh. corridor corridor, but somebody might have wanted that thousand dollar reward. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I I knew better.
1: Yeah,
2: and being a mom at that point, I shouldn't have made the sacrifice to.
1: Yeah, that's higher risk now.
2: It, it was huge, a big difference in going to prison when I before I was a mom.
1: So now that you you go to prison as a mom, what's that like? That was that, you know I've been to prison of course myself, but I didn't have anyone on the streets that.
2: Big difference.
1: I didn't have a wife or a girlfriend or, you know, kids to worry about.
2: Yeah. Well, it definitely, it was a big difference because I went, well, I was every day with my child up till that. I was blessed enough to have my parents um, intervene and, not intervene, but they took care of her. They took her in. They, my parents live close to the prison, which was another convenience, and so I raised her. From behind bars, with a lot of help from like the Girl Scouts behind bars and any family friendly event that they would offer, I'd get her, you know, through the fence. And,
1: <laughs> and how old was, was she when you went in?
2: Well, let's see. I want to say she was six, almost seven, or had just turned seven. Um, I was sentenced July 10th, so, and her birthday was June 9th. She turned seven right then.
1: So tell me about what you did on the on the inside, and we can talk about what you what you're doing now.
2: Well, I did anything that they could offer. That you know, when I walked in there, I had over a hundred college credits already. I thought, well, uh, an, an AA should be fairly achievable since I have more than enough credits for one already. Uh, but it wasn't something that was offered yet. They have since changed those rules, as as you're aware. They've passed some bills that help people out in that sense now. But uh, I wanted to continue on a path I had started, which I would started that addiction studies degree back in 2009 when I, prior, when I first gotten out of prison, became a mom and decided to go to school and wanted to do what I'm doing now.
1: So you had a couple credits here, a little ways there. You just want to pick that up and keep going.
2: Yeah. And... Uh, I was running into a lot of lot of obstacles on getting that accomplished while I was in there.
1: I think that's when I bumped into you. So tell me about what program you were in. Tell me about the, about the obstacles and, I guess, how we connected.
2: Well, let's see. I I ran into FEPs first, which FEPs um, was actually trying to help women inside of Purdy, only Purdy. Um, to get an associate's degree. They started, as you know, with a lot of the ladies that were there for a significant amount of time that seen a problem, and the problem was I can't even get an A, and I've spent 15 years in prison. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it, it, an issue that they had is I started that program, so I was only into English 101 and a few other classes that they offered, and they up and moved me to another facility.
1: Is that when you went to Mission Creek, the, That's the camp, I, right?
2: When I went yeah. to Mission Creek and they had nothing to offer as far as furthering my education and that's when I started reaching out to anybody and everybody that would listen and you were one of the only two people that would listen out of like a hundred letters I sent out.
1: So how did you find us?
2: I'm trying to think of originally who I want to say, I felt like you found me, but I did, I think it was.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think it might have come through FAPS. I think I think, um, I think FEPS. one of the FAPS people said, Hey, I think we got two letters. I got one letter through the, somebody at FAPS and then also a letter from you. And that kind of says something about your personality. You said you sent 100 letters. We got something from FAPS and also you wrote us. So you must have got our address someplace.
2: You know, uh, it was quite an obstacle just to get research done. Oh, yeah. Um, to find out addresses. They don't give you a phone book. And nor do they give you um it, unlike a bigger facility like purdy they would offer you to go in and you can get like 10 pages of things printed up off the internet weekly or anytime you go into the library they didn't have that resource there
1: yeah because some for had that satellite library you guys didn't have the little satellite, satellite place
2: no we had the uh, the borrowing library where if you wanted something you Le, I forget what the ILL.
1: Yeah. Okay. Interl- <laughs> that, interlibrary loan.
2: That is is the extent of any sort of research. If you want something, hopefully there's a book in another prison about it.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I did the ILL, but the one I use, it could be from any library in America. But you could only get one book. So I would get all of my friends, everyone would check out get one book. book. So I, I could I could get a whole stack of books.
2: Uh, they, there. I ran into a few uh, officers. They might call it staff shopping. I think I've been,
1: <laughs> I've been warned about that. <laughs> if it's effective, right?
2: It, it was effective because once in a while you'd get somebody that had the passion and could see that all you're trying to do is change. Like oh, I'm trying to do something good here. Why do I got to get keep getting browbeat? Yeah. over it? you know.
1: That's why like. That's what's kind of funny is like underneath what you're really trying to do. If yeah. You're trying to educate yourself. Yeah. You want an address so you can educate yourself. You yeah. want books, so you can educate yourself.
2: I'm, I'm wanting to do better when I walk out of here. Yeah. And I would sometimes remind them, which they might not have wanted to hear, that I may end up your neighbor. Don't you want me to change? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, think about it. I, I'm not just, I'm not going away. Like, I'm here for three and a half years. <laughs> you might as well just surrender.
1: <laughs> I love it.
2: All I want is some addresses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll see you next week for something else.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Exactly.
1: So it's funny, like, from our perspective, probably half of the people that apply for funding want to do business courses. Maybe 40% want to do substance disorder and abuse. And that's kind of the road you went down. Yeah. And uh, I think everyone has their own reason, but they're probably really similar to yours. So it sounds like your your path happened before you got to prison.
2: Yeah, as far as...
1: Wanting to do that degree.
2: Yeah, it, um, before I got to prison this time, because it, I had decided to take that path when I left prison the first time
1: yeah I think some other people they like that path because they get to prison I think they end up in some kind of AA or NA program and they see it run by people that are they're not not subject matter experts they're just EOC staff yeah so what, what did you see on the inside
2: well I did not participate in any AA or NA programs unfortunately those are a lot of times places just for people that are coupled up or it's a meeting spot oh gotcha and it, it kept me out of the churches and the AANA programs because I was about something different and it wasn't uh, I get too irritated and I'm a little verbal uh, I may end up in some confrontational <laughs> situations if you're just sitting there gabbing with your girlfriend and I'm trying to gain something
1: I thought that some of those programs were mandated by the D O C if, if you have a drug eviction.
2: Um, if you're in therapeutic community uh, it might be different um, they have a completely set up program that they're running in there. They do offer AA, NA to just regular population as well. And those are the meeting spots.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, I remember that too. Everybody would go to law library or NA or NA or Toastmasters just to get out of the cell and go talk to their friends.
2: Yeah, which is understandable and I really didn't have a problem with, but I, I did not want to put myself in a compromised situation if I was thirsty for it and and felt that the people come in were disrespected.
1: Yeah.
2: It just wasn't a situation I cared to be a part of. I am now actively um, going to a women's meeting every Monday night. Love it.
1: It's actually legit now.
2: Yeah, and then when I walked into this meeting, it was, I originally picked it because it was the closest one to my house, uh, only a few blocks from my house. When I walked in in the first night, um, I recognized a few faces. Well, they were the women that come into NA in, and in Purdy so they are all actual members this is their home group as well so I felt a comfort immediately and then the more I heard people talk it was the majority of women that are coming in there are already in the profession they've been down the path they've either been in prison or they're advocating to help people coming out of prison it was it was just a strong group of professional women that have an attachment to addiction and uh, so i felt comfortable immediately and it's conveniently located by my house so So i continue to go
1: so are you driving now yeah oh how's that everywhere
2: (laughs) (laughs) it feels great uh i've always uh, driving has always been a freedom a passion of mine so i'd like to be able to to get and go when i want to go Having that recently removed ankle monitor, that, that feels...
1: That must, that must be nice.
2: That feels great. That gave me a new lease on life. I can actually <laughs> find myself... I hadn't walked to the mailbox yet, and I had been out since December. It was just right out of my reach. You know, I didn't want to get in trouble. Well, it was a-
1: outside the perimeter. It was of outside your,
2: my perimeter. Your ankle
1: bracelet perimeter. <laughs> exactly.
2: So I find myself a few times lately, or over the last week, going to walk out, and I'm... I stopped. Almost oh, like a dog getting to the end of his, his <laughs> invisible yard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like oh wait a minute, I can cross that line
1: because <laughs> it doesn't actually shock you, but the cops are coming, right? Yeah, aware.
2: yeah, it's worse than shocking. <laughs> just, at least a shock for a reminder, or something, some warning. <laughs>
1: That's funny. Yeah. Well, speaking of funny, I think were you one of the people that end up in the hole? over the mm-hmm. tweeting incident
2: i definitely was oh my god
1: tell me about that
2: oh okay <laughs> really get, well first off i'm doing really good at this point <laughs> your yeah, school's I,
1: going well you're taking i had classes. got my
2: first scholarship i think had uh, i think i'd even got my book i was fighting oh. for one and had received yeah. one
1: we can talk about the book issue again after this one because that the book issue is totally funny
2: too. yeah up or down and all around yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well, as far as the whole
1: and... Yeah, so as far as the listeners, uh, Jenny Iredale was tweeting for us, which means we have the computer and we have the Twitter account, but she's actually composing tweets and sending them to us through JPay, which was kind of like an e-messaging service for prisoners. So she doesn't have a phone. She's not tweeting, but she's sending us the tweets. And we're tweeting on our account by saying, hey, this is an awesome tweet from Jenny. So we're giving her credit for her words.
2: Exactly. And I believe at this point... That may have only been my first or second. Tweet. Yeah,
1: it was right into it. <laughs>
2: um, I had actually just sent out one. I want to say I had received your message. I know that happened right before they locked down the um, <laughs> locked down the day room area, and the cops were coming. They said, "Great picture or good picture, great tweet." You had made a comment back. Yeah, um, <laughs> and that set him off. Um, in our facility, we first off I gotta say, in our J-Pay settings, we had two JPEs and they have a PVC pipe with it's PVC pipes that they've built kind of like shower walls.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and they've put like shower curtains behind them, so anytime you're taking a picture, you're not showing the other people behind you or anything like that. And in this particular incident, there happens to be big pink flowers behind me. This plays a part in having to fill the prison in on. This happened in your day room. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no phone. <laughs> uh,
1: oh, as far as the image from the tweet.
2: As far as the image from the tweet, yeah. because uh, they want to know how I'm taking pictures. Yeah, because that came off
1: the JPEG machine, mm-hmm. the the bonafide.
2: Yeah, that came off of their their machine. That yeah. that picture was not in my room. I don't have a, a white curtain with a pink flower <laughs> behind it. <laughs> Nor would you probably pick wall, that <laughs> on my wall in my in my cell. But uh, that particular day, they they locked down our whole facility, and um, I, I by no means thought that they were coming for me that day. So we did our normal, you, <sighs> you just know, minding your business, so just, dude,
1: drinking your coffee. I'm listening
2: to what they say, though. I went and I you know went to my room, and at this point, I actually had there was four of us in a room with two mama cats and ten kittens. Um, I was part of their cat program. Okay, so just chilling, you know well once they sent us to our room we got uh one person at the door watch where they're going you know what's happening yeah, What's all this excitement yeah well we know somebody's going down who's it going to be and uh then they march all the way down and i'm like the last room on the right down this hallway <laughs> where she's like there's they're still coming <laughs> <laughs> okay. they're they're at our door <laughs> 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 what and then they iredale you need to step out here and I'm like, what?
0: Like, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: of course, you're really not doing anything wrong anymore. I
2: wasn't doing anything um, that I felt was definitely stagable, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking, oh no, they found out I had white out and floor wax to do my nails. <laughs> 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 I'm like, a matter of fact, I ended up telling myself, I'm like, was oh, it the floor wax? Um, cause, <laughs> <laughs> like that because they asked me what did you i had went i better describe this i had went the day prior to purdy for a medical audience so their words to me is well when i say what are you taking me for right there they're like we can discuss this later um as they're walking me out when we get outside they they said one of the officers said at least um so you what'd you bring back from purdy with you and I didn't bring that floor back wax back <laughs> that day, and I packed it, and it, it had actually been with me the whole time. Like, all of this over floor
1: wax? Really? <laughs>
2: I'm, I know. I'm like, I totally didn't think it was thinkable. Um... But they they just kind of left me in the dark until. Uh, and
1: when you say sagable that means you're going to segregation, which is the hole.
2: Which is the hole? Yeah, yeah. You're you're gonna and and Mission Creek gets it's like a hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh you're going to the
1: prison inside of a prison. Yeah,
2: you're yeah. going inside this little tiny area that they have one that's not a dry. You know, they have one that actually has a toilet in these little cells. It's not set up for keeping people long term. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, which that time I was actually only in there. I got to give him props for 24 hours. Um, the they just left me kind of in the dark uh, on what you know what was going on. The the very next morning though, our CPM can his, what is custody program manager? Okay. Comes to the cell door and he's like, "Why don't you? Uh, what do you know about social media?" That's his first words, and I said. As far as, like, Facebook?
1: <laughs> you have to be a little bit more precise.
2: I, you know, I have an account. I got Facebook. I'm like, what do you mean?
1: What yeah, you up? Do <laughs> you,
2: know you know anything about any Twitter? And I, and my light bulb kind of went on. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've actually been doing a lot of tweeting It's kind of been a platform for a scholarship that I just got. And I'm pretty sure it's completely legal. (laughs) Because
1: it goes through your machine. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, And he goes, well, what about sending pictures? Which this ended up being um, fairly funny in itself. Is that he wasn't even aware that, and this man runs the facility, which made it a little scarier. Uh, But he wasn't aware that our machines were taking pictures, which they had been since December. And this was June, I believe, when I got in trouble. So he didn't
1: know that JPay Kiosk took yeah, pictures? I
2: don't of. know what he thought we had curtains around him for, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm a little lost. <laughs> like, where?
1: Maybe so people don't read the text over your shoulder? I mean,
2: I don't know where he's going that, but he yeah. was not updated that JPEG had became where they could actually now take pictures, because apparently they didn't always take pictures. That was like a added feature to them around okay. that time. Yeah,
1: I can't remember back in my time if they took pictures or not. I was, I don't know. I, I even just switched because yeah. I think it was only
2: like six months into it, so we gave him a little bit of okay, maybe you just didn't realize.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, because when I, I explained to him, he's like, "Well, you're doing tweets, and where are you taking these pictures at?" In the meantime, while I had sat in that sale all night long, they had literally stripped out my whole hallway. Um, tore up the rooms down my whole hallway. I used to water the house plants inside of this unit, which is about 20 house plants. They dumped them out looking for um, cell phones, maybe underneath uh, plants.
1: So Um, pull the plants out, there's dirt all over the place. There's
2: dirt. Um, We had a garden outside and I actually at this point had never even attended to this garden but somebody said I'd take care of plants and it, it grew to Maybe they're under those plants. I don't know. So, so
1: now that since they can't find the phone because the phone doesn't exist, they're just going nuts, just they, picking up the place.
2: They Well, they were trying to find this phone, yeah. this phone that they were pretty sure existed. And
1: was this before they even asked you?
2: They had not asked me. When, I knew yeah. nothing until that next morning. Gonna they, go find it they were looking for a cell phone. They knew what they were after, and it was a cell You're phone. You're so sure you
1: had a cell phone.
2: Uh, Yeah, okay. and there was quite a... I mean, I actually got cheered when I came back in because they tore up our unit. We were They were actually locked down the rest of the evening, getting stripped, getting searched the whole rest of the, my um, my particular hallway because apparently they thought if I had something, I would have kept it within the CAP program. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I came walking back up, anyways, this Oh, CPM, But that just,
1: you didn't get out right then because there was more.
2: I got out that next morning after the CPM had came and seen me and I had enlightened him on the fact that they do take pictures, um, he, he excused himself. He said, well, you need to give me a minute, and he was going to talk to her or he had to talk to her and try to figure this out. And uh, he came back within an hour and was like, you're going to be getting out, and apparently not realizing that they took photographs. That was kind of, because that's where he was going. They, they, she's got to be taking pictures in her room. We, we've seen that she's sending pictures. I I'm not quite sure how that all got misconstrued, or nobody along the way realized that they take pictures. Because well, from what I hear, they actually threw somebody else in the hole yeah, in and, a different prison. And
1: her story is slightly different than yours. So in, in her case, that was, she was at, at Purdy, mm-hmm. and so they, they grabbed her, and this time they actually asked her first. They said, hey, where's the phone? She goes, Oh no, you're mistaken. I don't have a phone. I do this all through the JPEG kiosk. I take the picture there. Um, I send the tweets through the JPEG kiosk. So you can just go and look at my history and you can see all the tweets going through the JPEG kiosk, because I send that to Dirk at the Prison Scholar Fund, and he tweets for me. And they said, Okay, great. So they throw her back in the, the hole. And then and then of course they don't believe her, so they're they're like they're tearing up the entire place too. And she actually stayed longer than you because at that point Somebody notified me that you, you both are in the hole. I think it was her friend. Uh, I think when she was in the hole somebody called Somebody Somebody called, yeah. somebody called yeah. Help help.
2: <laughs> Tell so and so to call so and so. I know how it works. It so, might have taken twenty four hours to get you the message, but yeah. We're gonna get it to you.
1: <laughs> and then so I reached out to a woman named Carrie Waterland. She's in Olympia, she's the hard head of the kind of the, the entire DEC edu- education program. And she knew that we were tweeting, and actually our prison scholars were tweeting. So I call her up, you know, nine o'clock in the morning. I was like, hey, uh, do you remember when we talked about us tweeting? She goes, oh my God, I love your tweets. I just got one this morning. I said, well, not everyone loves them because two, <laughs> of, two of our women are in the hole now. And so she connected me to whoever's in charge of like Western Washington Prison Division. Mm-hmm.
2: And well, I found it kind of funny. Your next text, if you care to tweet anymore, I'm like, it's <laughs> going to stop me. I mean, they got my floor wax. So like, my white <laughs> out. I can no longer look good with French tips. But, oh,
1: that's, you know. that's, the, that's the worst part. You lost
0: your floor wax? Yeah,
2: well, I, I actually gained gardening after that as well because uh, nobody uh,
0: they lost their
2: drive to, because uh, they pulled up all the zucchini plants and stuff, and so uh, I gained a little bit of extra Extractivity, which was nice for me because I like being out in the dirt.
1: It, that's why it felt it like, from one point of view, it felt it felt horrible that you ended up in the hole because we asked you to tweet for us. But from a, a different point of view, it's like we shouldn't feel bad because the prison violated your First Amendment rights. No. So. Yeah. You know, so that's that's a tough situation.
2: For me, I kind of laughed about it because the comment was made that you know we're doing this as a platform; we want to be heard, or uh, we want people to hear about it, and. And uh, after that, everybody in the prison at least knew about it. Because, you know, it wasn't that I went around telling everybody what I was yeah. doing. But after that, the officers knew. the. So I looked at it as, well, there's a little bit of a platform. Because now it went good. out to other people.
1: Yeah. Speaking of education, you also had a book issue. So well, tell me.
2: This was all, like, within my... Uh, yeah.
1: Just in a couple months, all this happens.
2: And at the very beginning of finally, I'm like, finally, I see the light. Somebody yeah, I, wants at, to listen. After all <laughs> the, the struggling,
1: you finally get enrolled in school, you get your scholarship. And exactly, then, and and then boom.
2: The very first book that rolled through was not allowed by DOC. It was on their list of banned books.
1: And what book was that?
2: That is Uppers, Downers, All Arounders. And
1: since you're studying to be a chemical dependency counselor, that's required reading for your degree.
2: Very much so. And I will say that book does not have a bunch of nudity. Um, I'm still in a little bit of awe to this day on why that would be such a restricted book. I guess I mean some of the things that they had listed was pictures of drugs.
1: like recipes on how to make drugs.
2: Uh, not not overly descriptive. No, it's not giving you a step by step direction. So it's, it's not a cookbook. No, it's not the anarchist cookbook, and by no means it's it's more for educational purposes. <laughs> but what's
1: but, but somehow it's on the band book list. Because, it is definitely on the man list drugs are
2: And that book I actually had to I could use it, but I had to return it every day after I was done using it.
1: Could you leave the so the education department checked out to you or was that an officer?
2: Um, well I ended up getting transferred um, before I had won the right to use that book. So when I got back to Purdy and was able to use that book it was I could use it and in one unit I actually had to take it back to my room and then
1: what, bring it out what, what freedom
2: yeah and then in another unit living unit they actually wanted me to do my homework in the day room so they could see me with the book
1: make like sure, this it, is make, not
2: really conducive make sure, for homework make sure but. No one else is, like looking over your shoulder
1: <laughs> writing down
2: uh, directions <laughs> or, or, yeah, <laughs> on the know, cookbook, the side cookbook. effects of meth. Yeah. You might, you know, they might want this. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. that's no, it's like here. <laughs> uh, it, it was silly. Um, one thing I found a little bit of humor in that is Miss Oswald from over at Mission Creek. She kind of helped try to advocate a little bit on that book and even offer up hey, she could do it here in the classroom. I'll keep, you know, the book and miss oswald later met up with me she started doing more more stuff over in in purdy and i'd see her a few times and one day she said you know i just seen a copy of that book (laughs) somebody was carrying a copy of that book and i i just had to laugh because um
1: (laughs) you got out it's contraband uh,
2: well actually one of the libraries i'm not going to say which particular part of the facility has it in their library and uh
1: so your book that you bought for school yeah same same time same book
2: a copy of that book already existed within the prisons freely
1: (laughs) so the book that you bought for your education you couldn't get but there's still a copy in the the prison's library
2: it it might be an older edition but it was definitely uppers downers and (laughs) all-arounders
1: that's hilarious
2: it was pretty hilarious and then she pointed it out she goes i've seen somebody walk by with that book
1: I'm like, what? Well,
2: it's not my book. They've got a long time. <laughs> yeah. it locked up. Yeah. It's just, it was funny. All the different obstacles it took just to...
1: To take a class.
2: To take a class, yeah.
1: So then how far did you get in prison, and then you just got out recently. So tell me about the transition and what you're doing now, and if you can finish your degree. And
2: Well, the five classes that I took while I was in there, because uh, the only paper-based is, you know, place that offered the addiction studies... And that was willing to take transfer in some of my credits that I had had prior was at Rio Salado. So I was kind of mapping myself for their addictions um, associates and took the five classes, the pharmacology, the all five ones. I remember pharmacology and the theories and techniques. You funded, I want to say, three of those five.
1: It sounds like, I I think you got a Rotary scholarship. I did. I
2: I actually got two Rotary scholarships. But... When I got out, I took what I had because I didn't gain enough yet. It's kind of a slow process in there, trying to get everything done. And you know, it took me two years just to get five classes
1: done. Oh, I totally know.
2: Um, <laughs> took me
1: ten years for a four-year degree. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I was, and I was going as fast as I could. Yeah,
2: to the last two years. I mean, it took me a year and a half to get to where I could even get a book. Yeah, <laughs> <Got to laughs> me and, but. Uh, I'm just grateful for the whole process. But when I got out, I went immediately, the first week went to Tacoma Community College. I was in perfect timing for the winter quarter. I signed up for their human service um, course, hoping that all my credits would transfer and it would just be peaches and cream and I could go into a practicum. I'd only have like two more quarters. So I took the first quarter and then they gave me this bad news of you know, you're going to have to do like another year of classes to get this AA in human services.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Stuff to transfer over. But I
2: reached out to Peninsula College with the advice of one of the ladies that works at Tacoma Community College. And I reached out to my old advisor and was like, here's where I'm at, here's what I've got. I mean, I feel like I've, I feel, when I'm looking at the checklist, I feel like my class is definitely aligned up with, you know, what the courses are that I needed. And she looked at it, and she made a few, um, not exceptions, but where you, you know, she transferred them all in, all the ones from Rio. She called me back about three weeks um, into that second quarter that I was at TCC and said, well, you need, um, I need you to take a a CPR and a psychology, and you can walk with the, the class. And I'm like, well. I dropped the classes I was in, you know, and got over to the CPR, the psychology, and, and walked this June with my original class that I had started in 2009. Well, not with the class, yeah, with the school because my class had already been graduated like eight years prior. <laughs> well,
1: congratulations! <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I can't wait actually to do the bachelor's. My my sister graduated with her bachelor's in the human service field from Western. So I got some questions for her. She did most of hers online.
1: Do you want to go Western then?
2: Um, I'm thinking Western just because of what they offer. And then I can, because I don't know exactly where I'm going to be, maybe just start plucking away at the bachelors, not try to do nothing full time right now.
1: And then do you need the, so as far as work, talk about what you're doing now, and do you need the degree to take you to the next level?
2: I don't. I need the degree to take me to the next level of pay. I mean cuz they definitely pay better if you got a bachelor's compared to associates. But I can actually accomplish the substance use disorder.
1: Cuz that's what your your goal was in this first place just to help people with the same problem you had.
2: Exactly. And I, and just with my associates alone, I'm able to do that. I've already applied for the credentials, waiting on you know the restrictions that come with having a record and Waiting on Washington State to want to give me that seal of approval.
1: Or do they have to give you some kind of cert- certificate to?
2: They have to give me credentials, which would be the. They just recently changed. It used to be a chemical dependency therapist in training. Now it's a substance use disorder therapist in training.
1: <laughs> and then you have to get residency hours at the place you're working did, at now. Uh,
2: at the place I work, or anywhere, um, as long as I'm getting the hours. Um, I think it's like fifteen hundred hours that I have to accumulate to go to the next level might be a little bit more I know it's less hours if I was walking in with a bachelor versus an associate's
1: because part of the hours in the bachelor's counts.
2: exactly gotcha. but that that's the path I'm going to take and even if I don't accomplish my bachelor's right away I'm I'm helping people totally enjoying my job looking forward to it I mean just watching the transition from somebody coming into detox and then leaving even our facility in 30, 40 days just, just watching growth and yeah, trying me, to help them get through the tough
1: shit. <laughs> yeah, tell me a couple of stories about that. Because, you know, you've been through it yourself, so how's that feel to not doing it yourself and then also see someone doing the same struggle?
2: Um, what I can say is I was blessed not to have to go through some of the things that I witnessed with the withdrawals, whether it's because of their drug of choice, um, with, with heroin, it seems to be a really hard detox for people. Um, it's it's life changing. I mean, can't tell too many stories because of HIPAA, but there's been, <laughs> you know there's situations like the other day. I to me, I got the luxury of being like the first person somebody's seen after we had Narcan them, and they're like, "Who are you? And why am I, why am I here sitting in a hospital?" I'm like, "Well." Here's the deal, bud. I come to work and I gotta come and see you. <laughs> and,
1: uh, <laughs> Things didn't end well on your side.
2: No, we we say brought you back to life. Hopefully, you're ready to live it. So, same person. I got the luxury of bowling with the other day, and, and we can now, a few weeks later, joke. You know, joke about it. He's all, "Who the hell are you?" Every time he sees me. That was, Remember
1: that one time? <laughs> yeah. You
2: no, know, we go way back. But uh, I, I like feeling like it. what I'm doing is helping, and with some people I can actually tell it
1: is. Yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah. It's pretty rewarding, and I think I'm in the perfect spot for myself to, you know, to keep me grounded, to, to keep it fresh, that that is what happens, that addiction is going to take me nowhere but back to prison or dead.
1: That's a good path to be on. Yeah. No, not that one.
2: Not not the one for death or back to yeah. prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, all right. Well, thank you so much, Jenny. Anything else you want
2: no. to pass in, in the mix? No. I I just thank you because you definitely made a big difference in my life. Well, I mean, thank you. You stepped in when when I thought uh, I was in a system that really didn't give a shit. So there needs to be more people like you out there uh, doing stuff but, so I don't mind coming and talking or
1: putting my two
2: cents in because you, you made a difference in where I went.
1: I totally appreciate it, and I love to watch you guys do do a great job. Yeah. So keep up the good stuff.
2: Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Jenny. You're welcome.